0: I think one of your questions was, when did I start my career? Mm-hmm. I never did. <laughs> <laughs> I just paint for fun, and I paint because I like it, and yeah. I paint what I like.
1: Hey, Islanders, and welcome to episode 84 of the Camino Voice. Today I speak with a Camino Island artist and the featured artist of the loft. Please welcome Betty Dorotek. Hi, I'm Brandon Erickson, and you're listening to the Kameno Voice Podcast, where I interview folks around Kameno Island and beyond. If you want to stay up to date on events, businesses, and even hear a little history of this area, subscribe to this podcast and share with your friends. Thanks for listening. Hey, Islanders, and Welcome to another episode of the Kameno Voice, where we release a new episode every Tuesday. On this episode, I got to speak with the uh, featured artist of The law for the month of March uh, of 2021, if you're listening to this in the future. Um, But uh, she's also a Kamino Island artist, local right here on Kamino Island. And she is... uh, We've actually carried a lot of her cards that she actually makes up. We've carried them in the marketplace for quite a while. So um, I've known the name. I've never... uh, And if I have met her... Um, I don't remember it, Um, so I got to meet her, you know, officially and speak with her and then obviously have this interview and uh, had a great time speaking with her. She's just had um, uh, a fun back, like history of like growing up on a Texan farm uh, and then moving around and then eventually ending up here and then how she got into art. Um, She also talks a lot about her husband who passed away in 2019 before the pandemic all started. And um, kind of the struggle and dealing with all of that as well. So um, she gets, um, she's very deep and and shares a lot in this interview. And so um, I hope you enjoy hearing a lot of the backstory um, of our featured artists at the loft. Uh, So without further ado, here's my conversation with Betty Dorotick. Hey, Islanders, and welcome to another episode of the Kamino Voice. Today, I'm here with a Kamino Island artist. Uh, Welcome to the podcast, Betty Dorotick. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And before the podcast started, uh, before we started recording, you were telling me how you pronounce your name from where you're from. Would you like to do that for the podcast?
0: My ancestry is Czech, and the Czech Republic, or my grandparents called it Czechoslovakia. Um, So uh, my husband and I went to the Czech Republic to do a genealogy uh, research for his side of the family my side of the family is uh, my last name is like Smith in the Czech Republic. So there were like walls and walls of file cabinets that no way would they be able to find my genealogy. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I asked the guy that was talking to us. He met us at a coffee shop and I said so how would you say my name in Czech? And he said "Uh, your name would be pronounced Alžbieta Dorotik and I I was just like, that sounds so pretty, you know, (laughs) and here I am stuck with Betty. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, it's kind of a, sometimes I thought I should start that as an art name to sign my paintings, Algebiata.
1: That's so cool. Yeah. All right. So where did you grow up?
0: I was born and raised in Texas. Okay. um, South Texas, about 35 miles from the Gulf. Okay. In Hurricane Country, that's where all the hurricanes go. Right into Matagorda County. There, that's where I lived. <laughs> so, um, my parents had a two hundred and forty-acre farm. Uh, my dad raised cotton and maize, grain crops, um, corn. Uh, he he had cattle and sometimes pigs. My mom raised chickens. She had a huge garden that. When I would get off the school bus, I would go to the garden for my after-school snack and eat, like, warm tomatoes on the vine and cucumbers, and she made sauerkraut, so sometimes I would go and open a jar of sauerkraut and have that (laughs) for a snack. Yeah, I grew up all organic. (laughs) Okay.
1: (laughs) Before that was a thing, right? Right, right. (laughs) Very cool. So then, did you have a lot of siblings then?
0: I was the youngest of... of, uh, Four. Okay. Wait, oh, I had three brothers and a sister, two brothers and a sister. So I can't remember anymore. It's been so long. Um, so I was the youngest. I was like eight years younger than my sister. So I think I was probably an unexpected
1: okay. pregnancy. Yeah.
0: And um, I always felt bad that I was a girl because I could have been so much help to my dad if I was a boy. And I, I don't know. It didn't seem... I sort of hung out with him a lot, you know, and went with him when he was going to the cotton gin and stuff. And I just sort of hung around him a lot and helped him. He was building trailers and I would be handing him stuff, you know. And, yeah. Um, so I think, I think he enjoyed having me as a girl.
1: Yeah. That's great. So then did you spend a lot of your time growing up, like, working on the farm as well, feeding animals, doing stuff like that?
0: Yes. Uh, I picked eggs, you know, the chickens laid. We had a lot of chickens, and um, also a couple of roosters that didn't like me, um, (laughs) because when I walked into the chicken yard, the roosters came at me because they thought I was a threat to the hens, so I liked to hang on the fence and watch my dad milk the cows, and this one rooster, I would hear a noise, and I'd look, and it would be sidestepping towards me, coming closer and closer, and I knew it was going to attack me, so I started putting rocks in my pockets before I came in the, ga- <laughs> in the gate, and I would throw rocks at them. <clears throat> but anyway.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, the ways kids learn to survive
0: yeah. their chores. <laughs> you just, you know, most people th- would not know what it's like to be threatened by a rooster, but I do. Yes. You know.
1: Yeah. Very cool. So then, uh, did you grow up, uh, like, through high school down in Texas
0: then? Yeah. Yes. Yes, I um because I lived on a farm, I didn't come from a town, you know. So I went to school, grammar school in a town called Markham. Okay. And then I went to high school in a town called Tidehaven. Okay. Which was actually that was the name of the school. The little town was, you know, like maybe a beer joint and a um a beer joint. Maybe <laughs> two beer joints and that was Across the road from the high school and it was called Elmaton. oh they had a huge hall that they rented out for picnics and weddings and things like that and then we grocery shopped in a town called Bay City which is a larger town that people would I've run into people say oh yeah I know where Bay City is okay so um it wasn't you know everywhere you went it was like on Camino you have to drive
1: yeah yeah Very cool. So then what was that like for you growing up there? Was, um, uh, like, with hurricanes, everything like that, like, how was all that growing up?
0: We had a lot of storms. Um, They call them northers because they usually come from the north, and it would be, and they still have them in Texas, uh, but not as many. Um, They would come in maybe in the late afternoon, and the temperature would drop to maybe 40 or 30 degrees, And then the next morning uh, it would be cold, but then by afternoon it would be normal temperatures again. Okay. And the hurricanes were a little different because they brought a lot of wind and rain. Mm -hmm. And the creek that I mentioned uh, sometimes would flood. Okay. Um, And uh, actually my parents used to live next to the creek. And when I was three years old, they moved the house further up. About probably a mile and a half away, okay, to avoid getting getting uh, water in the house
1: wow, okay, and
0: uh,
1: I guess down there do they have did they use like a moving company to move the house, or did like your dad have experience with that type of stuff?
0: No, there was a big truck there's a picture of me uh, outside, and this big truck um, had these it would like back they would jack the house up yep. and then they would back under it and then lower the jacks and the house be sitting on the rails and then they drove it off wow but i um uh, i remember asking my mom this was after i had kids toddlers i saw this picture of me in pajamas <laughs> at, at, it was i said what time did the house get moved and she said it was like after lunch sometime <laughs> so i said that's funny because I'm in pajamas still. <laughs> and my, my mom just sort of waved her hand at me, like, oh yeah, I didn't have time to get you dressed and stuff. We had to get out of the house. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> but I felt
0: better as a mom myself. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's
1: quite the ordeal, though. Like, yeah, that's such a weird thought to like.
0: It's kind of frightening for a three year old because you don't know exactly what's going on. Right. And um, when they moved the house, it was a lot smaller, and my dad added on okay. to the house after it was. Put on its new foundation. Yeah, very so, cool. It was a nice house.
1: Nice. Yeah. yeah. So then, um, after you went graduated high school, where'd you go next?
0: I got a job at the county uh, courthouse. Um, I had met my husband when I was seventeen. Okay. And so I got married when I was nineteen. Wow. Moved to Florida. And he worked for Pratt & Whitney Aircraft, so I got a job at the, we were in West Palm Beach, and uh, my brother lived there also, so I had some family. And one of his friends worked at the bank in uh, Palm Beach, and he said that the law office up above on the second floor was looking for a receptionist and would I be interested in interviewing, so I, I needed to do something, so I just went down there and... Drove to Palm Beach by myself. I was scared to death. (laughs) Um, It is an island, and they have a drawbridge to let the sailboats back and forth. Yeah. And I remember one morning going to work. I was late, and so I was speeding, and all of a sudden I realized the lights were blinking, you know, for the bridge to open. And I saw the barrier go down behind my car. Oh, no and I was in like a little Spitfire sports car. So I thought, I'm gonna die, I'm gonna fall in the water because the bridge is gonna open and where am I gonna go? Anyway, there was plenty of clearance and I sat there shaking and finally the boat went through and bridge closes up again and I'm back back on the road. But (laughs) that was very scary. (laughs) So I worked for a law firm uh, that had seven attorneys And I had to say each of their names, plus good morning or good afternoon.
1: With every phone call?
0: (laughs) Yep. And the number was close to a number called, or that was called the Seaboard Railroad. And people would call to get, they wanted to get tickets on the train. So I would go through this long dissertation, you know. (laughs) Good afternoon, Williamson, Gunster, Yokely, Kreiser, and Stewart. (laughs) And they would say, is this the Seaboard Railroad? (laughs) Or they'd say, what? (laughs) So I'd have to say it again. (laughs) Anyway, my husband called me one time to tease me, and I had had several calls during the day, so I hung up. And he called back, and he says, you're not very nice on the phone. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, we lived in Florida for two years, and he got a job with Boeing, so that brought us out here. Okay. Okay. Out to the Pacific Northwest. Nice. Which we thought we'll s- spend a couple years, you know, and see the mountains and never seen mountains if you live in Texas. Yeah. <clears throat> so we ended up, um, I got pregnant along the way, so we ended up having our first child here. Okay. And then, you know, we, are, we were still here. We came in 67 and we were still here in 2020. Nice. <laughs>
1: Very cool. What was that like for you guys? Because that's a a pretty big change, the one side to the other.
0: Very big change. Um, The first Christmas we were here, I think we arrived in August. Okay. And the weather was nice. And then winter came on, and we had a white Christmas.
1: Wow. Yeah.
0: We were so impressed, we thought, we'll never leave here. (laughs) And then it took, I think, maybe 25 years before we had another white Christmas. Yeah, I was going to say, that's pretty rare. (laughs) But, um, you know, we loved, you know, Texas and the south and Florida. There's lots of snakes and bugs and the humidity, which yes. just kills you. And so oh. it was so nice up here and no mosquitoes at the time. I yeah. know now they're coming in, but yeah, no humidity to complain about. And right. so we enjoyed the climate.
1: Yeah. Well, and, and the, the difference in like the number and quantity and, like, denseness of mosquitoes is drastically different.
0: <laughs> yes. I mean, you can't sit outside no. in, in Texas because you'll get eaten alive.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You, you can spray and put on stuff, and it just doesn't work. doesn't matter. Yeah, they're big. Uh-huh. So um, after our son was born, we moved to Bellevue. We bought a house, a new house, and moved to Bellevue and had two more kids there and he left Boeing to do some data processing-type work for a company in Olympia, in Multnomah okay. County. And then he got kind of tired of that, commuting uh, for, for that, and so he went to the headhunter in Bellevue to see if they could find him a job. Okay, And... Um, they said he was overqualified, and would he be interested in working for them? So he became a headhunter okay. for data processing. Okay. Um, so he did that for several years, and then he partnered up with another guy that worked there to form their own company in Seattle. Okay. So he did that for several years, and um, they ended up, we started, come, we came to Kameno for a weekend, or not a weekend, a week. Okay. And my hus- my husband didn't want to take the time off, so he brought my daughter and I. She was in high school. <clears throat> dropped f- dropped us off at uh, it's the little beach houses over on like uh, Camo Beach. Or? No, it's um, um, where the park is. Can't uh, think of the name of it. Uh, Sunrise or
1: because there's like Iverson up this. It's way. Iverson Beach. Okay, yeah.
0: So she and I spent the week just being beachcombers, and um, had such a great time. So he came back on Saturday to pick us up. That was when the the rental was over. And so we told him, oh, we need to find a place out here. It's so nice. And so we started driving around, and I recognized a name on a yard sign. Mm -hmm. Um, I said, I've been to this house before. This was my neighbor's sister that lived there, Okay, my neighbor in Bellevue. Wow. And she had brought me out here for lunch one time to meet her sister, and so... Uh, We pulled in, and her sister and her husband were both home. Mm -hmm. She remembered me, and I said that we just spent the week, and we'd had such a great time. We were thinking that we should maybe find a place out here. So she says, oh, I know a realtor. Let me call him. And she called this realtor. He came over, showed us this property um, and two other properties. But the one that we... We decided we liked was he says well why don't we just make a ridiculous offer so we made a ridiculous offer and he called the next day and said that it was accepted <laughs> so we were just like what <laughs> what have we done you know <laughs> so we ended up buying the property and then um we did some clearing uh, there was no structure on it mm-hmm. uh, so we did some clearing and then ran into bad weather and couple years later, started getting serious about building a house there. Yeah. So at that time, my husband's business, they decided they wanted to get out of the business and retire. Mm-hmm. So their business was for sale. And we started building the house. Um, it took us two years. And in that time, his business sold. Okay. And so he retired. So he was 51. Okay. And... He had twenty years of retirement before he had his stroke, so he wow. had, he bought a tractor, he got a dog, he bought some more property, so he would just play gentleman farmer all day, and <laughs> he um, joined the band, Kamano uh, Junction that played at the at the center. Mm-hmm. They had once a month dances, big band. Yeah. Yeah. So he was in that, and he was just he had twenty years of just doing what he wanted, so that was my only recompense for him having the stroke was that he had all that time to yeah. enjoy. Which I don't know anybody else that's ever had that. Yeah. So anyway, um you know, I started taking art lessons at the at the community center. Okay. The blue building, you know, that's Yes. Used, yeah. Yeah. So Michelle um Anyway, I started taking watercolor classes, and I met April Nelson. Okay, And yeah. I used to not paint, just watch her paint, because she was so good. <laughs> so I did that for a while, and then I joined uh, uh, CAA. Okay. And I think I was in, I don't think I was in the first studio tour. I was in the second studio <clears throat> tour, and then I was in all of them for the next 18 years. Okay. So, uh, that made me paint. Uh, (laughs) I don't have any formal education in art. Okay. Um, I used to draw a lot when I was a child, and I would draw my own models and put my own dresses on them, you know. Yeah. uh, And sometimes the uh, paper route, if they had an extra paper from the Houston, it was the Houston Chronicle, they would throw it in our yard, and I would just devour it, because there would be huge full-page ads for, like, Foley's, which was a huge department store, and they would have these models, you know, in these yeah. clothing, and so I would copy, I would draw them on my paper. So I was always interested in drawing, and um, I think that was probably something my brother, uh, my younger brother liked to draw also. Okay. So I think it was something in the family somewhere. Yeah
1: very cool so then uh when you started doing drawing or uh so you started with watercolor then right i did okay um and then since once you started getting into it and doing it more often were you um were there any sort of like classes or mentors or people that you would talk with and try and learn more and and things like that
0: well, there's so many artists on the island, mm-hmm. so it's easy to find somebody. Yeah. Um, mostly, you know, I, I would be <coughs> in the AAUW shows and um, met a lot of artists through that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then going to the meetings, the art group,
1: yeah. CAA. Yep.
0: I mean, you you make friends fast there. Yeah. And um, some of my, fr- so I still have some of those friends, you know, that I first met when I moved here. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, that was, you know, I, I, I did, you know, did a lot of videos and I have tons of art books. Um, I wouldn't call, I think one of your questions was when did I start my career? Mm-hmm. I never did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just paint for fun and I paint cause I like it and yeah. I paint what I like and, um, People, other people like it too, so they ended up buying it. So it, that's just sort of how it evolved. Yeah. Um, and then I started making cards from mm-hmm. my, um, if they were small enough to fit on my scanner, I would scan the original and then uh, transfer it to my computer, mm-hmm. <clears throat> to Pages, and yeah. use a template and make a card. And I print all my cards myself. Okay. Uh, so... Um, if I see something that I think is going to really be a good seller, uh, I'll I'll make a card out of it right away. Yeah. Or sometimes it'll be like I just painted a little bush tit, And it's so cute, and I just love it. So it's like I have to make this for myself. Yeah. So um, one of my things during Lent, I'm a Catholic, is to try to sell, or not sell, send a card every day to somebody. Okay. Um, just to let them know I'm thinking of them and and thankful for their friendship and that type of thing. Yeah, so it's, that's great. Uh, it's fun to do.
1: Nice. Well, and so for anyone that that hasn't seen your art, your art has a lot of uh, around like birds and nature. Um, where did that kind of come from? Why Why did you take that approach?
0: When we started coming to Kameno working on the house uh, and the property, um, we would usually before we We kind of, like, never wanted to go back home, so we'd Mm -hmm. sit around and watch maybe the sunset or something, and there would be so many birds. Uh, I had a little pan that i put water in, and they'd come and take baths, and then I started throwing seed out, and they'd come for the seed, and um, it was so enjoyable, and there were birds. I mean, we had robins and chickadees in Bellevue, and that's all I remember. Mm -hmm. So we were getting all kinds of, you know, uh, towhees and juncos and... Um, birds that you don't normally see in in a city yeah so I started i I still was drawing like flowers and landscapes, and I was lost in all of that. I couldn't really um I mean they were okay, but I wasn't real excited about them, mm-hmm. but I went to see uh John James Audubon exhibit at the Seattle Art Museum, okay and that was maybe three, four, five years after we moved here. And I I just could have stayed there for three days looking at his work. I was so inspired by his work and I told my husband, I said, that is where my heart is. This is what I want to do. Yeah. So I started drawing birds.
1: Very not, cool. not as good
0: as Audubon, but um that's my main subject right now. Yeah. birds Very cool. And uh, so many people love birds. Yeah. You know, and it's, if it speaks to somebody or they know somebody that loves hummingbirds, they'll buy a card and send them, you know, the hummingbird card because they know that that person likes hummingbirds. Yeah. So it's uh, evolved where I have, um, I'm down to two reps now that rep my cards. One is in Seattle and one is on the East Coast. Okay. Um, And I have about, I have them all listed on my website. But I have about maybe 30 or 40 vendors that I send to. Okay. um, That order all year round. Yeah. So it's a good side business for me. And at the time, it happened where a friend of mine, after my husband had a stroke, um, she said, you know, you can't get your art out there. And I've done this before, so why don't I do it? Why don't I start repping your work? So she did and sort of got me out there. And uh, then another rep saw my work at a place that she had taken my stuff to, so then he wanted my work, and so it sort of just kept going.
1: That's great.
0: Um, So it kept me... It gave me something that would take my mind off of my husband's struggles Mm and... um, he spent a good deal of time in the afternoons in bed listening to audio books or sleeping or whatever. So I would go upstairs and work on cards. And that was just a real release for yeah. me. And it gave me something to occupy my mind.
1: Yeah.
0: <clears throat> so I think it was kind of divine divine uh, intervention. Yeah. Because it happened coincidentally yeah. with that.
1: And when did he, he had the stroke, um, you said 20 years later after retiring?
0: Yeah, he was uh, 71. So, um, he, you know, he was a huge inspiration to me because he never gave up trying to get better. Mm -hmm. And he never complained about anything. I have tried to do that. (laughs) I don't know how he did it cuz he had so much to complain about and he never did. Yeah. It was he was um quite quite the guy. He uh died in um uh, 2019. Okay. right before covid. So that was good that I, his family could be with him. Mhm. Yeah. It really hurts my heart to that these people that can't be with their loved ones, you know, when they're yeah. in the hospital dying terrible
1: yeah yeah no uh it's definitely something they haven't it's it's hard to figure out the best route for that but it's just not there's got to be some way because it's so difficult and these people who you know who are in nursing homes and all these different things where they're they have to be so careful but at the same time um it's so difficult for them because they don't many of them don't understand what's going on and i know
0: um yeah i pray for those families yeah for them to have, compa- for for people to give them compassion. So yeah. anyway, um, I'm by myself now, and I got a cat, who keeps me very entertained. <laughs> and I have my garden to keep me busy in the summer. So I spend a lot of time out there, um, and the woods. I have a you know about a 800 feet of woods before you get to the road. Okay. So. After my husband died, that was like the only place that I could find peace. Would be yeah. out in the woods, you know, cleaning up branches and raking, and, and list, I would see some unusual little birds coming. You know, the wrens, of course, have this one area on my property that's off limits. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you get too close, they start chirping to each other. <laughs> you know, like danger, danger, danger. <laughs> and and so I'm like, okay, I don't to be alone. But, um, it's, um, it's a different life, but because he, he lived for eight years after his stroke yeah. and I was alone a lot of that time, you know, mm-hmm. while he was asleep or, or listening to books, I'd be out in the garden by myself, you know, so I was kind of like conditioned to be alone. Mm-hmm. Plus I grew up it, almost like an only child, right. you know, so I spent a lot of time. I'm very comfortable with myself. You know, I don't have to be entertained by people. Yeah. Um, I have my art and my cooking and my garden, my house to take care of. So I don't have enough time in the day, yeah. you know, to do everything I want. Right. Yeah. As long as my body holds out, I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very
1: cool. Um, yeah, I, I do think that like nature and, um, being out there and stuff like that like it just there's there's definitely like a calmness and a lot of people say that about Kameno when they come to Kameno yeah. and they walk the beaches and they're um you know take the trails down at Iverson or or other places Barnum Point you know it's that relaxing like Yeah.
0: There's a term a, um Japanese term called um kinrin what is it Kinrenyoshu it's called forest bathing
1: Yes, I've heard of this.
0: Shinrin-yoku That's what it is. Yeah. And it's just being in nature, and there's bark, there's endorphins that come from the bark of trees, Mm -hmm. and there's all this energy that accumulates that you find in your soul. Yeah. You know, it soothes you. Right. And that's exactly what happened to me. You know, I just felt so at peace in the woods. Yeah. Uh, And it was quiet. Yeah.
1: Very cool. Um, is Do you guys still have, or is the family farm still in the family?
0: The one in Texas? Yeah,
1: the one that was in Texas?
0: No, that was sold. We had it for a long time, and then it, it was rented out, and then it was sold. Mm-hmm. Um, my sister is the only one that lives close okay. enough to check on it, and it became a burden. Yeah. So it was time to move past. Yeah. Um, but... I still have great memories of that place. Um, I kind of didn't want to see it after I left. You yeah. Know? Yeah,
1: actually, just... um, my my wife, or, like, I guess when, when you have a house like that, like, that has so many dear memories there, you get that, like, once you leave and if it starts changing or someone buys it and starts modifying, like, any of that, like,
0: it's easier for people to not see those changes and to not have to come my sister told me that he had brought a bunch of you know metal junk and stuff on the yard and I said don't tell me I don't want to see a picture I don't want to I just want to remember it the way it was when I left
1: yeah so yeah no that's that's good and then where are all your kids are they all throughout the states or um
0: my my oldest son lives in Vancouver Washington Hmm. he he works for Alaska Airlines, right across the river. So, okay. Um, he doesn't like Oregon, so we've refused to live in Oregon. <laughs> so he lives right across the river, <laughs> and then my middle son lives in Bellevue. Okay. So I see him and his family more than anybody. They still come for you know holiday vacation for yeah. holidays dinners and stuff, and during the summer too. Um, and then my daughter, she just visited. She lives in uh, uh, Del Mar, California. Okay. So she was here for a week, um, and I know you're going to ask me what I was going to, what I would put on a, on a sign.
1: Yeah, on a billboard.
0: Um, I think this was on a billboard once. It was says, "Come here and do nothing." Do you remember that? Huh. Come to Camino and do nothing.
1: Yeah, I don't remember that one.
0: And it's like. Um, that's what we did. We did nothing. Yeah. We, we, you know, lounged in our PJs and, and um, had late breakfasts and watched the birds out the window. Yeah. And then we'd, she'd sit and read and I did some painting. And we just, we, didn't, we went to uh, Barnum Point, but it was so muddy. Yes. Um, we couldn't walk the trails. I was just sliding all yeah. over the place. Yeah. So we came back home and that's the only place we went. Yeah. And I said on taking her to the airport I said I'm sorry we didn't go out more and she says, "Mom, that's exactly what I wanted to do was what we did." Nice. So, very cool. I think that coming here and doing nothing is not not exactly nothing, but it's seeing other things and appreciating, you know, the beauty of a sunset and the waves and mm-hmm. the sound of the waves and Walking on the beach and just, that's nothing, you know, right. it's not like, go, oh, we have to go to a restaurant or we have to go do this or we have to go to a show. Right. You don't do any of that stuff. So there's, you have this, you're forced to just get back to nature. Yeah.
1: And slow down. I think yeah. that's something we don't do that's enough true. in our lives.
0: Yeah. The pandemic has really taught people about that.
1: Yes. Yeah. Talk about forced slowdown.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: All right. And then you're also the featured artist upstairs in the loft at the Marketplace. Um, Tell us about the artwork that you're bringing in and, and yeah.
0: Well, it's artwork that I have done previously because I haven't painted, like, in a year. Um, I don't know if it's... I don't think I've painted since my husband passed away. And I think it's like I'm not forcing myself to do it um, because I'm... I know, I'll know when I'm ready. In mm-hmm. fact, when my daughter was here, she was reading, and I was sitting in the sun, and I painted this little bird that I told you about on this card. And yeah. And <clears throat> that was the first thing I painted, and, then, and it felt good to do it. And I'm going to be on the studio tour, so I have to get my butt busy yep. painting. Um, but um, I forgot your question now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Just the, the art that you're bringing into the loft. Oh, to
0: the loft. Yeah. It's It's... Um, Two larger pieces. Uh, I'm working with fabric now in okay. my paintings. <clears throat> some people don't. Some people think I've painted that, um, but it's a piece of fabric. And it actually, on the cards, it reproduces so well that people try to touch it, thinking that it's really fabric on the yeah. card. Um, and that happened kind of by accident because I <clears throat> like to use rubber stamps, uh, And I paint them with acrylic Okay. and stamp them onto my paper.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Then when they dry, uh, you can add more. Usually I'll pick some bird or something to put on that stamp. Mm -hmm. And then I can pull the colors from the bird with watercolors on top of the acrylic. Oh, okay. So um, I had done a really good bird and I did not like the way the stamp turned out Mm -hmm. and I couldn't. I couldn't get it right, and I didn't want to sacrifice the birds, so I took it upstairs and started pulling fabrics and papers and laces and all kinds of things to cover it. And I found this one piece of fabric that I had bought at an Asian um, quilt shop, and it had all the colors of the bird. And so I thought, I'm going to glue this over the stamp. So I did that, and... I love the way it turned out, and it's one of my best-selling cards. Nice. Yeah, so I started getting, you know, I used to sew, and my mother used to quilt, mm-hmm. so I've been around fabrics all my life, and yeah. so, except for the last 30 years, I haven't. Mm-hmm. So going into a fabric store now is all exciting to me <laughs> again. <laughs> and I buy these little little pieces, like a quarter yard, you know, and... Uh, I actually made a lot of masks out of the leftovers. Okay. But um, that's kind of my new, it's kind of the thing that excites me right now. So most of the pieces up there have fabric in them. Nice.
1: Very cool. Well, very cool. So if anyone hasn't um, come up to the loft and check out Betty's, um, she's the featured artist up there. So there's a big wall of, of all of her art up there. So be sure to check that out. All right. Well, we already did one of these, but I like to end every podcast with some rapid-fire questions. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the first one is, what purchase of $100 or less have you made in the last three months um, that you've enjoyed the most?
0: Well, I thought about that, and I think the thing I've enjoyed the most are these handmade watercolors by a company, you know, a little um, husband-and-wife shop. They grind the soils from Colorado. Oh, okay. And they make them into watercolors. Wow. So you get some really earthy, granular-type stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think that's probably been the thing I've enjoyed the most. Because yeah. everything else is, like, from Amazon, and yep. it's, like, paper towels and things like that. <laughs> Nothing exciting. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. Um, pretend you have a friend coming from out of town. What would their first day look like here?
0: Well, I actually did have a couple of classmates from high school that I hadn't seen since my wedding. Wow. They came uh, to the studio tour. They had heard it was my last time that I was having it in my house. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, the second weekend of the tour is, the tour is not on Friday. It's only Saturday, Sunday. But people don't know that. So a a lot of times people show up on Friday, the second weekend. Okay. So I was all dressed, had my makeup on, house was clean. Knock, knock at the door. Okay. I see this couple standing out there. And I open the door, and I says, hi. I says, what can I do for you guys? And they said, they didn't say anything. And I said, did you think the tour was today? Because a lot of people do. And I says, actually, if you want to come in, you know, my stuff is up. You can come in. And they said, no. So then I thought, well, why are they here? (laughs) (laughs) So then the guy says, Betty, do you recognize us? And I said, oh, you know, I meet so many people on the tour for the last 18 years. And I said, they know me because it's easy to Yes. But I said, I can't remember everybody's faces and names. And I so- I'm so sorry, you know. And he announced their names, and they were my high school classmates. And wow. I jaw-dropped. <laughs> I could not believe it. He says, I can't believe you didn't recognize this. <laughs> Well, he was in our wedding with black hair, and he's totally white hair now. (laughs) And I recognized her her voice. If she had spoken, I would have known who she was. Yeah. But she didn't say a word the whole time. She let him do the talking. So they were staying at a little B&B down the road. Yeah. So the next day they came over. um, We went... uh, I think we went to here to get coffee. Yeah. And um, sh- I showed him the bakery. We're so proud of the bakery. <laughs> and so um, then we went, drove around the island, went to Kama Beach. Yeah. And um, I think we ended up coming home. Or We may have, may have gone to Anacortes or something. I was trying to show them all the water things around here. They could not believe how green it is here. Yeah. I don't know how many times he said, it's so green here.
1: So do they still live down there, then? Yeah. Okay.
0: They live outside of uh, Fort Worth. Wow. Okay. And it's very brown there in the the winter. So they absolutely loved it. Um, They were so impressed. I mean, he said to me... I had to come and see what kept a girl out of Texas all these years. (laughs) And he says, I see what it is, and shaking his head, yeah, I I can see why you like it here. (laughs) So I think the island, uh, we have all these parks now. Yeah. And so it's easy to do that. Mm -hmm. And just driving around and showing them the different scenery, because it changes. You know, my lot view is different from my neighbor's lot view. Yeah. Um, so we, you know, hung out, they were here for two and a half days. Uh, the next day, you know, we had leftovers and sat out by the water. We're up on a high bank, but we have a, a little dining platform out there. Nice. So they loved, just loved the breeze and the, yep. f- the cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, um, that's probably, I would replicate that again.
1: Very cool. All right. Uh who is an interesting or fascinating person in this community that I should interview next?
0: Well I know that I'm not sure which artists have been upstairs. Um I I'm, think just John Ebner,
1: um you know, uh the Dorseys used to be up there, Jed Dorsey yeah. and Renee. Um and um and then John Ebner was our first featured artist up there in January. Yeah. Um so, yeah. Uh,
0: well I do you know Val Paul Taylor? No, he does sort of character caricature type art okay um he's in the stanwood gill he's actually a CAA. he joined now you would once you see one of his paintings you sort of recognize his work he draws kind of like i would call him crazy although he may not think it's crazy but <laughs> he'll have a guy walking and it'll call it'll have all these birds and it's called uh the oyster catchers or something like that you know Mm -hmm. and it's comical yeah very 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 talented guy okay um uh, i i think you would enjoy having his work up here at the loft
1: yeah very cool all right well thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today thank you all right and islanders i will talk to you on the next one well a big thank you to betty dorotick for joining me on the podcast today and thank you for listening if you haven't already, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform. It really helps us be found by other Islanders like yourself. And for more information on this episode, you can go to com slash EP84. That's com slash EP84. Thanks for listening and see you next time.